Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Sharp Lessons, everybody. Ben Wittenstein, across from me, the lovely Professor Nate Jacobson. Nate, this is uh, our final episode before we start giving out actual, real, sharp lessons, best bets. Well, first, thanks for calling me lovely. I don't think anyone's called me that ever, but uh, I appreciate this. You know, you got you got the pre-football glow going on. Yeah, we'll see how I, good. we'll see how I am in like four to six weeks. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, so we're gonna review our favorite bets. We already did. The 13 preview episodes, whether it was the Power 5 conferences back in July, we did each one, and then the eight NFL divisions. So now we're going to kind of give a review of our favorite bets. Numbers that we still would play at now, so if you're a little bit late to the party and looking to just make bets now before college football week one and then the NFL next week, the bets that we like at current numbers that we're going to give out. So looking forward to sharing and kind of recapping what we did over the last six seven weeks um i know we started with i think the big 10 which was the week of the open championship at golf so just kind of shows how long we've been doing this and then also just a show announcement so we'll have our thursday episode where we do our favorite bets for college football week one friday our first round table article will drop on watchstadium.com we'll tweet that out at stadium bets and also our personal accounts and then next week i'll have an nfl article and then we'll do i believe tuesday thursday podcast recordings going forward for pretty much all of the fall unless we say otherwise or there's something else but for now tuesday thursday podcast thursday nfl article for me and then Friday, college football from the both of us. Yeah, we're going to try to get that Thursday one out Thursday, late afternoon, early evening. Yep. If people would rather have that come out Friday morning, we'll, we'll have to see what the numbers say and what the people want. But for now, we're going to release it Thursday afternoon, evening. But if uh, if people like it more on Friday morning, they wake up and it's right there. That's uh, what we'll do as well. So no, no hair off our back. So it's fine with us either way. We're just going to be giving out our favorite bets on Thursday. And again, we understand if you don't want to go back and listen to every single episode with the division previews for the NFL and the conference previews for the Big Ten and the right. SEC and everything. So this is the one-stop shop. This is all of our favorite preseason future bets, college football, NFL, right here. We just kind of want to do one short, big episode <laughs> where we give all of our favorite uh, yeah, future bets. It'll just be the bets we like now with a quick explanation. Um, maybe in past episodes we explained it more if we like another team or not, but we don't want to keep you too long. So just kind of some short bullet points of why we have bet on this team or plan to bet on the team sometime in the next few days. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so go to Stadium Bets if you want to follow uh, everything that we do, articles, videos, whatever it may be. Stadium Bets is that one-stop shop on Twitter. But, Nate, let's start. Let's start with college football. Some of our favorite college football bets, if you can uh, remember all the way back when we started this, late July, as you talked about with the Big Ten. We had some favorite bets, and I had a couple from the Big Ten 
actually. Um, and I realized going through this list and I looked at it and I'm like, oh, I have too many overs. And I hate to have too many <laughs> overs because that just yeah. seems like the easy bet. But there are a lot of teams that I like the over and two Big Ten teams specifically. One of them, I know you're not going to like, but it's the Indiana Hoosiers. Over four now. And I think when we talked about this in late July, four and a half was the best number that I could get. And I got that at plus money, plus 105, four and a half. Now you can get over four it's still a pretty good number at minus 105, and I'm going to stick with it. And I, I think this is the type of year for Indiana. Are they going to win seven games? No. Are they going to win nine games, nine win Indiana? No, they're not going to do that. They have too many questions at quarterback. They have too many issues, I think, with personnel-wise. I, I don't trust their offensive coordinator. But five games, Nate. I think five games is doable. And you look at the schedule that they have. They have a few easily winnable games. And then they're going to have a couple games where they're going to come in as underdogs, but it's not going to be long underdogs. And I think those are the type of games where if you win 50% of them, they're going to get the five wins. And you don't trust them against Illinois week one? No. They're a short favorite of a field goal at home. I think they get the job done. I think they cover the spread, and I think they start the season out with a win against an Illinois team that looked good, but it was against Wyoming. I, I think Indiana gets the five wins here. Yeah, I'm on the opposite of that. I like Illinois this week against Indiana. and the, I mean, I disagreed with you, and I bet Indiana under four and a half. Big reason why I don't like the quarterback, Connor Blazelak from Missouri, a transfer, just not a good quarterback. And when you have <laughs> – You got firsthand knowledge of that too. Yeah, when you have Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State on the schedule, there is not – there will be big underdogs in those games. So that kind of shortens the schedule where they have to win these – specific games whether it's against Rutgers Maryland Illinois this week's a big swing game for the win total general so we'll see on Friday night kind of uh we'll probably have a good feeling or bad feeling depending on the result in terms of our bets but I'm on the opposite in terms of Indiana I know two years ago was a magical season during the COVID year was they hit major regression last year didn't win a big 10 game maybe they're a little bit of a better team but don't like the quarterback for Indiana, so under four and a half is a strong play for me. They can win their first three games. They're winnable. That'd be good. They got to win two more after that, which is kind of where the issues come up. But I, I believe in Indiana. Uh, do you have any other? I have one more Big Ten team. Do you have any Big Ten teams uh, that nothing, you were thinking of? Nothing that I would I'm, have on my spreadsheet or that's strong. I did lay a big number on Ohio State to win the Big Ten at minus 200 back in July. If you can find something like that, sure. Um, and with the idea that there'll be more than a minus 200 money line favorite in the Big Ten title game. Uh, But, yeah, I want to hear your other team because I think I might agree with you if I know where you're going. It's the Michigan Wolverines. Okay. That's Um, not what I was thinking, but (laughs) I don't don't oppose that. (laughs) I I just – I think – I know they they don't have exactly a quarterback controversy, but they kind of have an issue with figuring out who they want to be their starting quarterback. Yeah. Um, Cade McNamara, J.J. McCarthy, both clearly capable guys, and it seems like Jim Harbaugh can't really make up his mind because he's going to have one start week one and the other start week two. seems like there's a little confusion, and I tend to not trust teams that have quarterback confusion to start the year because that's just never a good sign when you don't have stability at your most important position. However, nine and a half wins just seems mm, a tad low to a team, and I know they lost – their best player in Aiden Hutchinson. And I know they lost some defensive players and they're going to have some question marks offensively, but they get David Bell back as a wide receiver. Uh, they're going to have a pretty good offensive line. And it seems like their schedule for the most part is fairly favorable. 
So if I can get nine and a half, and I think the number you can get it at is minus uh, minus one thirty. I don't think I'd go any higher than that. But I think a ten win Michigan season once again is uh, is pretty doable. They have a pretty e- a very easy non con schedule. They have a pretty easy division schedule. They have to play Indiana at Indiana. That's a winnable game. Sorry, that's not going to be one it's of the wins. Five is a winnable game. It's a win. That's a win. They, they play Rutgers. Nebraska's definitely terrible. Illinois not going to beat them. They have to go to Iowa, play Iowa. That's tough. But I do think Michigan is set up pretty well to win 10 games. Yeah, with the quarterback controversy, and I know they're starting Kate McNamara, who started last year in week one, and then going J.J. McCarthy in week two. J.J. McCarthy, definitely a quarterback that gives him a higher upside, but also a lower floor. We kind of know what Cade McNamara is, but I think if they do roll with McNamara the full season, they still have a good chance of going over their win total, but they might not achieve big things like going back to the playoff winning the big 10 beating ohio state so i think jim harbaugh wants to see if he and he kind of realizes that he might need a a better more dynamic athletic quarterback in jj mccarthy if he does want to go back to the college football playoff so if he did roll with him maybe that week five game against iowa after four home games then i think you would be able to even take michigan a little more serious as a as a potential playoff contender and if they just went with Caden mcnamara then like a 10 and 2 season seems right so no disagreement there um, with Michigan. Uh, I know that uh, still a lot of talent there, and uh, Ronnie Bell is coming back, so I think their offense could actually be a little bit better and more dynamic than it was last year. Yeah, Ronnie Bell, not David Bell. Who are your uh, college football teams that you like? So I'm going to start with the ACC and a bet that kind of kind of recaps the bets I like in this division or conference, and it's Miami to win the AC Coastal. You can still get it at one, plus 160. It's a little bit of a bet against some teams I don't like in the Coastal, including Pittsburgh. Yep. I'm not really sure about North Carolina. I'm not going to bet their win total over under, but I'm a little bit lower, I guess, on North Carolina. Definitely low on Georgia Tech. I know you're low on Duke. Yep. I'm low on UVA. I think so. I, Miami at plus 160 kind of emerges from the bunch. Mario Cristobal getting the program in the right direction. Tyler Van Dyke, one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC. So there's at least a foundation there. So I like Miami plus 160 to win the ACC Coastal this season, even though that they have to play Clemson late in the year. So it's a tough crossover game. But I think that's all built into the number. Josh and why Gattis, they're not um, – yeah, Josh Gaddis. I think the he's going to be such a big underrated addition to that team. Yeah. I, I As long as Cristobal kind of lets him do what he wants and not, doesn't step on his feet and say, like, you need to run the ball. So that's a definitely a big question. I've never been a huge Mario Cristobal fan in terms of in-game coaching, but he's from Miami. He's already recruiting hard. He's hit the transfer portal hard. I think he's going to get a lot of excitement from this program, from the the locals in South Beach about Miami, and that they're going to be a fun team this year. And we'll actually not a conference game, so it doesn't really apply to this bet, but they played Texas A&M early in the season, College Station. I think that's going to be a, a fun game, and one we'll definitely talk about probably on both the Tuesday and Thursday show that week. Yeah, I like that Miami pick. It just seems like the ACC this year is, as you mentioned, down for a lot of teams. And the fact that also there's a lot of question marks and Miami comes in, I don't know if they're – they're not the biggest question mark in the ACC. They have some questions, but they have the they have the structure around them to do well. As you With the coaches and, the, and Josh Gaddis coming in, it just seems like this is kind of the year that Miami probably figures it out for the most part. They're just not going to have the turnover chain, which I think is going to be unfortunate. I love the turnover chain. I don't know why I get rid of that, but maybe they're maybe they're more serious now. Maybe it's like, all right, 
we can't have that stupid stuff. Let's go and, and just win games. Yeah, I think the turnover chain was fine when you're successful and you're winning. But I remember yeah. last year they pulled it out down like three touchdowns to Alabama. It's like, that's <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. Yep. Yeah, that's the difference between an Alabama and a, and a Miami and just a, a more buttoned-up program, which I think is probably necessary when you have a bunch of young kids playing their college football in Miami. Yep. There's a lot of distractions down there, so probably want to – you know, keep things a little bit normal, and I don't mind that at all for the Hurricanes and what they did. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. And there wasn't any other ACC teams that I really liked or disliked, to be quite honest. Um, I was We were high on the NC State over, and the thing with that is that number has changed a lot yeah, right. since we talked about it, which is the problem. It was at 8.5, loved it. I think they can still win 10 games. If you really can find a good number, like over 9, 9.5, I would – Probably say go for it if the number's good enough, but at eight and a half at like minus one eighty, no one's no one's gonna touch that. Yeah, definitely. NC State is a team that has uh, a lot of love on NC State in the last month since we talked about them. Not because of us, but I think we no because of us. It's just kind of a group think. I think they're a group th- think team, which is a little concerning, but sure. I still think they're gonna have a very strong season, and the schedule kind of sets up nicely for them where they have. I believe it was seven of uh, a stretch of home games where seven of them of the home games out of nine after they start on the road against it was at, uh, East Carolina this week. So as long as they can survive that maybe tricky test um, like NC State's prospects going forward. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. All right, how many more college teams do you have? I got two more. So I kind of want to talk about two different conferences where I have multiple correlated bets. Um, I'll start with the Big 12. So Oklahoma State under eight and a half, mm-hmm. Baylor under eight, and because I'm a little bit down on those two teams, two teams that made the Big Twelve title game last year, also unsure about Texas, Oklahoma's question marks. I was trying to find a team in the middle of the pack, and I think a team that you also like. So the team in the middle of the pack that I think can emerge and maybe win the conference is Kansas State. Yeah, in the Big Twelve, ten teams, so there's no divisions, just have to be top two in the standings to get to the Big Twelve title game. Uh, I bet Kansas State a while ago to win the conference. I'd still bet them at 12 to one, uh, basically with the idea that some team from the middle of the big 12 could be at the team and I'll take Kansas state. It's a good, t- solid roster. Chris Kleiman, a good coach transfer quarterback, Adrian Martinez. And yeah. maybe this is a, uh, something just to convince myself on a bet I already made, but Nebraska's failure in Dublin yeah. on Saturday makes me feel better that it wasn't Adrian Martinez. <laughs> it was Scott Frost and the coaching staff. Scott and maybe on a new coaching staff, change of scenery, Adrian Martinez can kind yeah. of reach his potential and take care of the football. Yeah, it definitely was a, a nice, nice look for Adrian Martinez to see Nebraska just completely fumble the bag oh, there in Ireland. I'm sure he's probably a little more confident going into the season, knowing that he wasn't shouldn't be the scapegoat for what <laughs> happened. Yeah, and the thing with Kansas State too, Nate, they're supposed to have a really fast-paced offense, which I think is just going to make them fun to watch. Yeah, And it seems just like a good mentality for me because I, I'm, I'm not super high in Oklahoma, and I gave out their under for when we talked about the Big 12. 
Um, I think it's going to take Brent Venables a couple of years to really figure out this team. Yeah. And I just don't trust them to get 10 yeah. wins this season. So they're going to be down. You mentioned the other teams I, I think are going to be having a down season. This is the year for Kansas State, really, to, to surprise people and to actually do something in the Big 12. So everything's lining up well. They're going to have a strong defensive line, good linebacking core. I, I, I do think that them to win the Big 12 is a good bet. I think I'm going to bet them over six and a half wins. It just it seems like a good move to take advantage of a market that seemingly is just paying no attention to them. And then, yeah, Oklahoma State, a lot of losses on defense, and maybe most importantly, defensive coordinator Jim Knowles going to Ohio State. And Baylor, the under eight, which is available at just one sports book. There's a lot of seven and a halfs with juice to the over. But if you can get that under eight, they would need to win nine games to beat me. They have an early trip to BYU um, in week two, which I think is a game that they definitely could it's lose. Test, yeah. And just now they're not going to sneak up on anyone like they did last year. And I think they're definitely in line for some sort of regression. I think it's enough regression where they fall short of eight wins. All right. Uh, you have any more college? Yeah, just one more. Pac-12. Um, yep, let's do that. So it's another thing where I bet multiple lags and it's kind of correlated, and it's uh, USC under 9.5. That's Love still it. available. Just kind of selling the hype. And a team that won four games last year, and now you're, they're being asked to win 10. Yeah. And obviously they're going to improve. They're going to be exciting. They're going to be talked about a lot. And I want to – sell just all the chatter about them being a national title contender because there's still a lot of roster deficiencies. Clay Helton was a lame duck coach for many years, and the recruiting classes at USC weren't up to the standards that they're used to. A lot of trouble, I think, with their their line play, offensive line, question marks, defense. I think they're going to give up a lot of points, and it's going to be hard to be sustainable to be giving up that many points and also having like a – um, average win total if you play the season simulate the season so many times of 10 or more so nine and a half usc under and one of the reasons i like the usc under is because i like utah the most in this conference i think clearly the best team in the pac-12 at school i've outlined a lot and talked a lot about on the on the preview podcast for the pac-12 so don't want to dive too much into that but like utah a lot like them to win this conference and utah host usc this season in Salt Lake City, so I think that's yeah, going to be a win for Utah. At least I better be a win because I'll yeah, have honestly, a lot. that's geez. like the game that has a lot riding on uh, my preseason bets. So, like Utah to win the Pac-12, wouldn't bet them over right now because it's at nine and eight and a half is kind of important, especially with a tough test in Week One for the Utes against the Gators and uh, Florida on Saturday night. But USC definitely one of my. The win total I have the most money on, definitely, USC under 9.5. You like USC under. I like the Oregon over 8.5. And you can still get this for minus 130, which I think is solid. Again, I wouldn't go higher, not really minus 140. I don't think that's the smartest move. But you look at the the Oregon schedule, two losses. I really see two losses, Georgia opening week and then to Utah. Um, And they can afford one more loss, too. You know, maybe they lose to the end of the season to Oregon State on the road. Um, maybe they lose at home to BYU. I, I don't know if they lose both to BYU and Oregon State. And if they do, they're going to have more serious problems than losing to those guys. So I really think over 8.5 is a fairly safe, solid bet for this Oregon Ducks team, which Dan Lanning came in and inherits just an unbelievable roster. It's, it's a roster that's ready to compete for the Pac-12. It's ready to compete on the national stage. I, I do have high expectations 
for Oregon, Nate. Uh, they have a lot of defensive returners coming in, which I think is going to be important for them. A really good O line. Is Bo Nix going to be good? I was about to is ask. Bo Nix like, going to be good? <laughs> you like this question. team? Do you like Bo Nix? And we I, know in football, especially college, quarterback is such an important position. It is, <laughs> and I think getting out of the spotlight of Auburn, getting out of the spotlight of the SEC, going out west. It's beautiful out there. It's nature. He become one with the trees. Have some nice relaxation. Do huh. some yoga. Come in. Clear clear minds. I, I like Bo Nix. I really do. I think this is the year where he really finds himself and he plays to the most Bo Nix ability of of that he can. Yeah. The word thing I'm worried about with Oregon is they played George early on, uh, week one. So <laughs> this upcoming yeah. Saturday, they're yeah. a seventeen and a half point underdog. If they lose in like kind of in a demoralizing way, I'm worried that Dan Lanning kind of has trouble in his first year recovering and bouncing back, especially since they have to play BYU. I know they avoid um, USC in terms of the yep. Pac-12 schedule, which is a plus for them. But, yeah, it's hard to – knowing that they're going to lose in week one, it's hard for me to go over eight and a half. But I'm definitely interested to see what they do in Oregon and kind of like their future just because – it's a fascinating team with uh, the recruiting that they had with Mario Cristobal, and if they can pick that up, I think that the reason they hired Dan Lanning is they know he's a going to recruit to the level of a Kirby Smart. Yep. Hopefully, can at least he's going to put a lot of hope. effort into recruiting like Kirby Smart has at Georgia, and that they could continue to recruit well like they did with the uh, prior regime. Got one more, sure. SEC, Tennessee. And I talked about having a lot of overs. They're an under. They're an under for me, Nate. Um, And I know it does seem to me like some people are higher in Tennessee than myself. But I'm going to take the under eight. And you can get the under eight for Tennessee. A minus 125 is the best number that I've found. I I, I don't necessarily believe in Hendon Hooker a ton. Um, This is a Tennessee team that won seven games last year. I think they win seven games this year. Uh, I, I was reading an article that someone said Hendon Hooker could be a dark horse Heisman candidate. And it's a, it's a stretch for me, it seems like. I know this offense is going to be fun. It's going to be fast. They're going to just try to score as many points as they can possibly score. But I don't know how that defense is going to do. They lost a lot of defensive contributors. That has always kind of been their Achilles heel in the past couple of years. It just seems to me that this team, again, is setting itself up to have slightly above average season. They're going to make a bowl game. They're going to win seven games. But I don't really think this is going to be a team that does anything special. Yeah, so the half point in terms of college football win totals are so important to me because when Tennessee opened seven and a half flat in the summer, back in May, I guess, then I would have been like, they're definitely a potential for an over team. But they've gotten bet all summer, and now it's at eight. And when you need nine wins to win that bet with Alabama and George on the schedule, it's completely different stories than seven and a half where you'd win with eight. So I would definitely look under on the Vols. I agree with you there. I mean, I guess Hendon Hooker, it makes sense that he could be a Heisman dark horse because he does have big games, including a big game in week two. So there'll be a lot of spotlight games for him with the opportunity, and he's in a quarterback-friendly offense with Josh Heupel. And he could still have an amazing statistical year that could even justify him in the Heisman conversation. But it's their defense that I have a concern with in terms of reaching big things in the in the in the SEC with those two tough games on the schedule they're, where they're likely going to be double-digit underdogs in. So those are our college football picks. Uh, let's do some NFL. Uh, sure. I got three NFL teams. 
And as uh, week one's uh, a little less than two weeks away, can still have some time to make some of these bets. Um, I have all overs. <laughs> all three of my NFL teams are overs. Okay. Do you have any unders? You have a few unders. Um, the Bears. <laughs> yep. I love and that. And there's a sports book, and you can look at my uh, betting spreadsheet that I created with some of my future bets, and you can still get the Bears at under 6.5, minus 150. I would grab that as soon as possible. Oh, yeah. Um, Money in the bank. A lot of places have them like minus 200 at 6.5. A lot of places just moved them to 6 or 5.5. I know the schedule has some, some games where they definitely could win. They're playing other bad teams in the NFL. But to win seven games with this roster, just have to look at the roster and show that the team is kind of just hasn't done Justin Fields any favors in year two to help his development, in my opinion. And it's a team that kind of is shown by their offseason moves that they're rebuilding and trying to figure out what they have for next year when they have a lot of cap space. So it's a team that doesn't seem like their priority is to win this year. And when that's the case, there's an opportunity to bet under. So under on the Bears and then in the same division, I don't know if it's really correlated. I like them separately, I guess, but they're in the same division and play each other twice. But Vikings – uh, there's a couple ways you can play this. There's some alt lines where you can get eight and a half minus 160, which I think is very reasonable juice because now their win total in the main markets has moved to nine and a half pretty much across the board. But a team I've talked about a, a while for a while about, and, and the NFC show we did, uh, NFC North and why I like them. Now, the new coach, just the new coach and schemes, kind of getting the most of the offensive weapons they have. The defense having a breath of fresh air with defense coordinator Ed Donatel instead of Mike Zimmer's kind of stubborn old ways. So I think there's a lot going in the Vikings' favor, including the scheduling dynamic where they have nine true home games, only seven road games because they have a neutral site game in London against the New Orleans Saints in week four. So a lot going in the Vikings' favor. You could play them over eight and a half. I think that's the preferred way for me. I guess you can play over nine juiced over. You can also bet them. I'd say you bet them to make the playoffs over betting them over nine or nine and a half. So smart. Either Vikings over eight and a half or Vikings to make the playoffs. Uh, it's like minus 105, minus 110. So yeah. pretty reasonable. No, I like the Vikings too, and I like them week one. And I was already talking to you about betting them week one against the Packers. So yeah. it's 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 a team that I think, again, you rode with them last year, and they, they were very up and down. I did. But this this seems like, I don't know. It, it, this is almost like the thing where it's like this is you either figure it out or you don't this year. If you don't figure it out, you're going to have to make some changes. Yeah, and they last year they were 8-9 and nine and – Definitely should have gone over their win total, losing pretty much every close games, losing some heartbreaking games on missed field goals or field goals against them. So I think they just kind of get a little bit of luck this year um, and positive regression, and hopefully that is enough for improvement for Minnesota in terms of my betting. Um, my favorite bet is unfortunately not available anymore, but I'm still going to recommend the Colts. Yep, I think I took them – I think it was over 9.5 – there was was what I suggested. Yeah, that was back early on a couple weeks ago. There was still some nine and a halfs, uh, minus like one thirty, minus one thirty five. It's not there anymore. No, it unfortunately, seems like it's all ten ten across the board. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully you listened early and you got some good advice there. But I am still going to be riding with the Colts over ten at minus one ten because I, I at the very least, Nate, I think they get ten wins. At the very least. I mean, I, I could easily see this being an eleven win team. They have everything set up for them. I think this is a team that 
obviously makes the playoffs last year if they don't have Carson Wentz. If Matt Ryan is their quarterback, that they make the playoffs, and there's not even really an issue of them making the playoffs. Like they had to beat the ja- the Jaguars last year, and they couldn't do that. I think this is a this is a playoff team. This should be one of the AFC favorites with Matt Ryan at the helm. You have Matt Ryan, you have Jonathan Taylor, you have a really good defense, a really really good defense, and you have a decent coach. And you look at the schedule, and it's pretty favorable as well. They don't they don't really have a super tough games, uh, super tough visiting. I mean, they play the Chiefs at home, which really helps a lot. Uh, their toughest road game, they got two maybe against the Raiders and the Cowboys. Those are going to be some tough road games. Um, but for the most part, the schedule really sets them up along with the roster and the coaching staff and the new quarterback. I think this is an 11-win team. So I'm going to go over 10 wins at minus 110 for the Indianapolis Colts. What if I told you maybe a potentially better bet on the Colts mm-hmm. to win the division, minus 125? Yeah, uh, I would take that. Yeah, yeah I, I think 10-7 and seven wins this division. One of the reasons I yeah. think 10-7 and seven wins this division is because I'm also on the uh, Titans under 9.5, yep. lay $1.35 on the under. Just a team, I know they were the number one seed in the AFC playoffs last year, but you lose A.J. Brown in the trade, which I thought was kind of a, a move that, and kind of shows what the front office maybe thinks of this current team that they're kind of looking in the future a little bit by trading away an elite wide receiver like that Derek Henry durability questions Ryan Tannell questions about his confidence and also liking the Colts so it's kind of a a bet that's correlated where you expect the Colts to make the playoffs this year and with that quarterback upgrade of Matt Ryan and all the things you mentioned but also the Titans taking a step back this year and if I like the Titans under nine and a half then I'd expect at the at the worst, I guess, like the Colts winning ten games or more. Yeah. Um, unless the Titans totally bottom out, I guess the Colts maybe can win the division at nine and eight. But uh, I, I feel pretty good about the way of tacking the AFC South with a Colts division ticket at minus one twenty five and a Titans under at nine and a half. That's the market currently has. Yeah, I mean, I would do that bet as well. I think you do both those bets, and then you know, even if you split them, you make money. If you, if they win 10 games, you get your money back, but then you win the fact that they win the division. So I, I like that number at minus 125. I'm all in on the Colts this season. I don't know if I'm going to bet them week one with such a high spread, but I do like them in the long term. I have two more bets, kind of positive bets on teams in the NFC that, you know, we kind of want to look at unders, but the unders I'm I'm waiting on are going to be towards the, when the season starts, I think, and get better numbers. But yeah. The Saints to do good things this season. Yep. You could bet them over eight and a half if you want. The way I chose to attack it is betting them over three wins for the division, which is available to book at minus one twenty. Actually, their first three games I believe are against division opponents and the Falcons, Buccaneers, and Panthers. And one reason I like doing that is because I expect the Buccaneers to start off slow and they're catching the Buccaneers at home in New Orleans in week yeah. two at the right time. So I like them to beat the Falcons in week one. I actually probably will like their chances if they're an underdog in, um, and bet on them in week two. You can, I think there's some game of the year markets where you can get Saints plus three and a half if you want to jump on that early and anti- anticipating a line move in that game. And then they play Carolina early on. So I like the Saints over three division wins, but you could also bet them and in other ways over eight and a half. The only reason I'm not going to bet over eight and a half is because they opened seven and a half on their win total. So kind of missed out on some important numbers. And then 49ers to win the division was a bet I put in at plus 180. Um, like this team a lot, the upside of the roster. I know there's the they news great, about great backup. Yeah. <laughs> I get, I say that helps, I guess, in terms of the regular season yeah. that 
Jimmy Garoppolo restructured his deal to become the uh, highest or most qualified, I guess, backup quarterback in the NFL. Uh, well, maybe Joe Flacco because he won a Super Bowl. But in terms of ability <laughs> right now, Jimmy uh, would, G put him over. Would, yeah. would be better than a lot of starters in the NFL. Yeah. I still don't like Trey Lance and the idea of Kyle Shanahan scheming up a system for him and a yeah. player that they sacrificed a lot of draft capital to get. They have a favorable start to the season playing the Bears and Seahawks. So I think they can get off to a hot start. And the reason I like the division bet is because a little bit down on the Rams or a little like cool off on the Rams. Like I think Makes they sense. could definitely take a step back because yeah. a lot of good things went well for them and they stayed relatively healthy. And when a team that is so top heavy on how they structure their roster and their salary cap stays that healthy, it's sometimes hard to repeat that health. And if one player goes down, it could be. Uh, truly horrible for a team and then also down on the Cardinals for sure and uh, down on the Seattle Seahawks so 49ers to win the division I think that they clearly just stand out as the as a team that I don't know if they should be favored over the Rams but I I think that there's some value there to win the division because they're not the favorite yeah I like it Um, I really do I think that's that's a really solid bet and I have two more Nate and to close it out one of them's a head play one of them's a heart play the head play is the Panthers over six and a half wins I know you're high in the Saints um, and this could be I think I mean both of them theoretically could hit this over mark if the Buccaneers falter absolutely Um, so you I, I I don't know if it's necessarily believing in Matt Rule, but it's believing in the Christian McCaffrey, Baker Mayfield backfield. It's believing in DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson really providing Baker Mayfield with a solid wide receiving duo. It's believing in a defense that was above average last year that I think is going to improve even more this season. And they're only given six and a half wins. I think this is a team that could win seven or eight games based on the schedule, based on maybe the Buccaneers faltering. I think it's set up in the market for people to just think this Panthers team is just not good. They're going to fail. They're in a tough division, but I think they really surprised some people. I really do. Um, they're favorites now in week one that came from them being, I think they opened at like four point underdogs. Yeah. And obviously with the, with the Deshaun Watson news and that it, changes everything and acquiring Baker Mayfield, because if it Baker was, Mayfield if it helps, was, yeah. When that line came out, we thought it would be, potentially be Deshaun Watson versus Sam Darnold. Yes. And now it's Jacoby Brissett versus Baker. <laughs> so that definitely helps. <laughs> but again, that's another game where yeah. that'll add to their win total. So, and I really, you can get over six and a half at plus one Oh five. You can get a plus money. So I'm going to jump all over the Panthers over. That's the head play. The heart play is the Detroit lions. <laughs> and I think with anything <laughs> that involves Dan Campbell, I think it has to be a heart play because a lot of this, if you're betting on the lions and you look at it from a very logical numbers based perspective, it doesn't really make sense to be high on them. But I believe in Dan Campbell and the Lions this year, Nate. Over six and a half. The Bears are going to have a down season. I think the Packers might have a little bit of a down season. If we leave in the Vikings, I could believe in the Lions over six and a half. I just don't know how much worse it can get for them. They averaged less than 20 points per game last season. They come back with a really young team that gets a little bit older this season, a little bit more experienced. Jared Goff, as long as he stays relatively the same this should be a functional offense. They get Aiden Hutchinson to help with that defensive line. Jeff Okuda is going to be back and healthy. Three of their first four games are at home. You know, everything kind of is lining up for them to at least have the structure of success. And them being on hard knocks, Dan Campbell, hell of a coach, great guy it seems like. (laughs) Players love him. He really inspires them. I'm going to go over six and a half for the Lions. It's a heart play, not a head play, because it doesn't really make sense for me to back the Lions when you look at it from a farther out perspective but six and a half over for them. Going to go with my heart. 
So you have two teams over six and a half in the NFC. I don't know if you've kind of projected out your potential playoffs, but is there a team that you'd be interested in in betting the yes on out of those two to make the playoffs in terms of the Panthers and Lions, or probably do you just Panthers. want to wait till the just bet the over six and kind of walk away? I would probably bet the over six, but I do I do like the Panthers, um, and I think the, the bet that I, we were talking about when we were talking about the NFC South was Panthers to finish second in the division. Um, which doesn't, which that kind of comes in contact with that Saints yeah, bet. Like I don't but agree can, with it, but like I not, I'm not gonna be right about every bet. So you sure. can feel, um, you know, inclined to bet that, and I can definitely see that happening. Um, yeah, I, I would. The thing is, it was Bucks to finish first, Panthers to finish right. second, four to one. Yes, I would take that. I think those mm-hmm. are pretty solid odds for. I mean, the Buccaneers are probably gonna be the first in that division. Probably, so, so, probably. So it really comes down to who you think is gonna be second, and I really do think the Panthers have a shot at being good enough to finish second in yep. that division. And you can get up at 4-1, to one, not a bad bet. And one thing, just to kind of go back to that division and the Buccaneers, which isn't an under team, or a, like, but it's a fade team early on because early on in the season, two road games, Dallas and New Orleans on the road, and then they play the Packers and Chiefs. So yeah. if you don't agree with us and they'll think the Bucs and Tom Brady are going to kind of cruise to the division, you might want to wait till after week four when the schedule gets a little easier because it's a brutal first four games for the Bucks, who are still figuring out a lot of things in terms of their offensive line, injuries to wide receiver, new head coach, and Todd Bowles, who yeah. gets promoted from defensive coordinator. So I think if you want to bet on the Panthers and Saints, you want to do it before the year because their numbers aren't going to uh, get worse um, in terms of away from the uh, the overs or the yeses to make the playoffs and, and stuff like that. Uh, two teams I just want to quickly address – uh, that I kind of spoke poorly of in the preview podcast that I was planning on betting on the under on, but not sure what I want to do now. The Dolphins at under eight and a half or under nine. Uh, one thing that has come up in the last few weeks with the Deshaun Watson suspension getting extended from the first ruling of six games to so then the appeal ru- uh, ruling or ban of 11 games is in that window uh, the Dolphins play against the Cleveland Browns. So originally on the original suspension, Watson was going to be available for the game against the Dolphins, and now he is suspended for it. So now I'm a little bit more skeptical, I guess, about betting under on the Dolphins, uh, win total and under nine. I w- will still look to bet against them in individual games, but I don't know if I want to tie my money up, knowing that they have a lot better draw now getting when they play timing-wise, the Miami Dolphins and the Eagles. Under 9.5 we talked about, and I'm going to literally wait until 11.59 Central on the first Sunday of the NFL season because the Eagles are taking a lot of over money at 9.5, and, and it kept, keeps getting juiced high. And part of that is excitement for the Eagles, but also the other teams in the division, not really good things going around them. I think the Cowboys have kind of been a, a sell team that just lost their left tackle in Tyron Smith for like the first three months of the season. So that's a bad loss. Uh, the Washington Commanders, maybe a little bit of question marks with Carson Wentz and how he did in preseason training camp. And then the New York Giants just – I'm not really sure what to make of the situation for the Giants or what the Giants are going to be, but I think there's a chance that they could really struggle. Um, maybe not out of the gates, but maybe against the Eagles get overmatched. So yep. because the path seems like so good for the Eagles now, but I don't like them, 
Um, but people know that the pass good for the Eagles. I'm going to wait as long as possible. Try to get a 10. I don't know if I'll bet, like, if there's, like, an under 9.5 plus 140 or plus 150, which seems like a real possibility with how things are going, maybe I'll do that right before the season. But just for now, I'm going to wait as long as possible on the Eagles because I I'm, think I can get a better number. And under 10 will definitely be a bet for me if it gets there and I can find it. Yeah, I'm going to stay away from them. I, I don't know what to expect from them this season. I'm going to stay away from betting them for the first couple of weeks. I'm going to stay away from any futures yeah. with them. They just, well, it's too volatile and they improved, I, I think, but we just don't really know what type of team they're going to be. On the, my opinion on the team has kind of stayed the same. Where I have questions about Jalen Hurts. and so many They questions. would be taking like a big leap from their expectation of last year. It's just the other teams in division being just like in some cases, like there's some real bad potential with all these teams. So if all three teams are down, then Philly could go four and two, five and one, maybe even six and zero against that division. It wouldn't shock me if they're figure stuff out with Jalen Hurts. Who, I mean. We'll see what happens there. I, I think that they figured out the offense the second part of last year and make can make his life a little bit easier. Uh, but the other teams at the division worry me, and I'm going to stay away along with staying away from the Dolphins just because their schedule gets a little bit easier, getting the Jacoby Brissett Cleveland Browns instead of the Sean Watson Cleveland Browns in the middle part of the season. All right, that'll do it. That is our best futures bets. Good luck on that. We will be back on Thursday with uh, best bets. It's best bets time, finally. Week one, college football. Maybe we'll throw in some NFL bets if we like, uh, if we like a line. Um, but until then, good luck. Good luck.